This is the post-game podcast on the Blood Red channel, bringing you all the big match reaction with views from the press box, the dugout and the stands. Arsenal nil, Liverpool 3. The Reds back to their free-flowing best with Trent Fabinho and Diogo Jota all on top form. I'm Guy Clark. This is the post-game podcast here on the Blood Red channel as we react to Diogo Jota's brace off the bench, either side of Salah, with the Reds second. Coming up, Jurgen Klopp on tremendous trend. I know the player for sure better than anybody else, uh, any other coach, and I can say he is... <laughs> A world-class player, and uh, not only defend, and uh, not only offensively. The Echo's chief Liverpool writer Ian Doyle on the Reds' top four hopes. They knew what they needed to do. They were determined to get it done. They did get it done, and that's something that you only get from experience of having competed for. You know, Liverpool competes for the major honours. This, you wouldn't say that finishing the top four is a major honour, but it would be a great achievement given what has happened in the season to date. And one of our regular contributors on the tactical dilemma ahead of Tuesday's Champions League showdown. I'd imagine with Jota's impact off the bench there, whether Klopp's got a bit of a conundrum heading into the Real Madrid match, whether to play all of the front four, because for me, there's not a chance you can start that match without an informed Diogo Jota. Insight, analysis and opinion all to come right here on the Post Game Podcast. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Well, here at a pretty cold Emirates, it has to be said, Liverpool have put out a bit of a statement victory. Uh, A 3-0 triumph against Arsenal, uh, and admittedly a poor Arsenal, but we'll come on to that in a minute. First of all, we will discuss how well Liverpool played. It has to be said, probably, you know, having seen all of the, certainly the domestic games this season, this was perhaps Liverpool's most complete performance. Obviously, some people would point to the 7-0 win at Crystal Palace, but Palace had a certainly the first I've had a few moments where they could have scored but this was Liverpool from almost minute one to you know minute 94 95 whenever the game finished this was the Reds were absolutely dominant against an Arsenal team that uh, certainly last last year since lockdown the uh, they've caused them a bit of problems I mean you go back to this game last season Liverpool were defeated 2-1 where they you know they dominated conceded two stupid goals and ended up getting beaten that was kind of a, a, a an omen of what was to come certainly for the uh, the start of this season you know you Klopp will hope that the way that they is they took control of this game and the way that they they played and the way that they finally got the goals that they played deserved in the second half they'll hope that that is kind of a, a sign for what could happen over the last six or seven weeks of the season um coming to the goals it was it was still nil nil when Diogo Jota him again he was introduced just shortly after the hour for Andy Robertson which was a slight surprise although Jurgen Klopp later admitted that you know the reason that Jota was on the bench and the reason that Gini Wijnaldum who's only on the bench for the third time in the Premier League this season they weren't playing was because of uh, the exertions over the international break and that was a reason why Andy Robertson went off um, Jota comes on and within a few minutes heads in at the uh, at the far post uh, Towards the end, he, he got his second goal, and in between, Mohamed Salah scored a, a fine goal to take him on to 26 for the season. He's now the Premier League's leading scorer outright, ahead of Harry Kane uh, on 218. Um, and all three goals owed something to Trent Alexander Arnold. Now, obviously, he wasn't amongst the Liverpool's international contingent over the last fortnight because he was omitted, uh, surprisingly, from the England squad, and there's been quite a bit of a furore about that. Um, and I'm sure that that will only intensify on the strength of this performance. Jurgen Klopp had said that Trent had been uh, training very well uh, during the uh, two weeks and there was a you know, kind of an energy and an appetite to his game. And certainly that was reflected in the way that he performed even you know, in, even before his contributions for the goals. He, was, he looked more like the player that had been 
so good for Liverpool during the uh, the last couple of seasons and why he's he, he gained this reputation as being probably the best right back in the world. Uh, the first goal was his cross from the right at the end of a good flowing move, whipped in, Jota, good header at the far post. The second goal, he was involved, he passed it inside to Fabinho, clipped one over the top and Salah sent away, held off Gabriel and put the ball in between the legs of uh, Bernd Leno. And the, and the third goal was uh, probably the most pleasing one for him in the sense that Trent got up field and he pressed hard and he, he nicked the ball, I think it was off Cedric. Um, and it's from that that Salah rolled the ball across. Mane didn't quite get a proper touch on it, but Jota did to make it 3-0. And it was for Leno towards the end. I think Salah and Mane could have, could have scored. There were a few more goals in it for Liverpool. As it was, it's the, uh, the, the biggest ever victory at Arsenal in a top-flight game. Um, I mean, Mikel Arteta, after the game, the Arsenal manager, he said he more or less apologised to, to Arsenal's fans for how poorly they played. And it was interesting because, as I say, last season, uh, last year... Uh, Arsenal won 2-1 here uh, they also beat Liverpool on penalties in the Community Shield and beat them uh, in the Carabao Cup at Anfield and on all three occasions that's when Arsenal played a defensive game and they played it again tonight but that was predominantly because Liverpool put them on the back foot the way that they played the way that they pressed it was you know the old phrase from Pep Linder isn't it the you know um, our identities intensity and that's exactly what it was that's not something we haven't seen from Liverpool certainly not throughout this season there have been glimpses of it but that's what they were able to achieve here and that's why they were so comprehensive winners and why you have Mikel Arteta saying that Arsenal could easily have lost by more. Uh, another clean sheet as well for Nat Phillips and Ozan Kabak at centre-back. Kabak went off towards the end but there's, it's not meant to be any any problems with that, any issues. Um, just again, he was somebody who played during the international break uh, and hopefully he'll be okay for the game against Real Madrid on Tuesday in the Champions League. Uh, but as I say, that's a fourth successive uh, clean sheet for the uh, for that period of the four games that they've started, I think it's three successive clean sheets for Liverpool altogether. And for a team that was so leaky in the uh, in the first half of the season, that's a great improvement. And that has coincided with Fabinho moving back into central midfield. And he was, while Trent and Salah and Jota will all obviously claim um, quite a lot of the plaudits, it was Fabinho I thought was the best player for Liverpool. The way that he, from the very first minute he was getting stuck in, using the ball. And that again allowed Thiago to have a decent game. And James Milner made a difference as well. He came in for a, a rare start, certainly in the Premier League. Uh, and he did well. Um, and he ended up playing left back when Robertson went off, again underlining the versatility that he has. So overall, there were, in fact, I don't think there were any negatives for Liverpool. Um, an awful lot of positives. And given the fact that the now this is the first of six games in 22 days, it's as well for them going into that and of course it all came on the back of Chelsea having lost 5-2 earlier in the day home to West Bromwich Albion a result I don't think anybody saw coming so Liverpool are now only two points off that top four I mean Tottenham haven't played yet uh, West Ham haven't played and Everton haven't played either and Everton have got, got, got a game in hand and Klopp made mention of that in the press conference afterwards but it's Liverpool now they look more like the team that over the previous two years they knew what they needed to do they were determined to get it done they did get it done and that's something that you only get from experience of having competed for, you know, the Liverpool competed for the major honours. You wouldn't say that finishing the top four is a major honour, but it would be a great achievement given what has happened in the season to date. But you know, there's still eight games to go. I think it's a, it's a seventh win in the last eight games away from, away from Anfield. If they are to finish in the top four, they're going to have to start transferring that away form to, to, to the home pitch, which is something that, you know, we would have thought that over the last couple of years. Anyway, uh, as I say... Bit cold here, but everybody's a bit warmed up with the result. 
The Echo's chief Liverpool writer Ian Doyle watching on as Liverpool made it three wins in a row for the first time since back in November. Fabinho in midfield, Diogo Jota off the bench with a brace and Salah doing what Salah does. A vintage showing from the champions, albeit on the weekend their crown was mathematically taken away. Let's now though get to the manager. Here's Jurgen Klopp speaking with the media after the game. Evening, Jürgen. Congratulations on a on a really impressive win. Um, were you surprised by Arsenal's tactics? They seem to show you a lot of respect and give you a lot of time on the ball. No, I was not surprised for a second. I never had this feeling during the game. Um, I think the answer for this question is probably a good performance on my team because we were, I think, the first five, six, seven minutes. I'm not one hundred percent sure were was quite an open game, kind of didn't happen a lot. But after that, we we were really in charge of the game, were dominant, played good football, and what we did against the lineup of Arsenal with all this counter-attacking threat. What what was the most important thing, depending, was how we how our counter-pressing was, and that was absolutely exceptional. Right, and was very important. So we took that quality away with the counter-press. Didn't use our chances, obviously, first half, but we knew we have to keep going. We have to. Could do a few little things even better in the second half. Try to show the boys in half time. But the mother of the result, or, or the, the 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 result, is the result of the performance. And the performance tonight was obviously good enough that we rather would win the game in the second half than we would lose it. And that's why it was necessary that we did the same stuff again. And the boys did. We made changes, which helped obviously as well. And um, one very deserved uh, a difficult football. Would it be too simplistic to say Diego Jota made all the difference when he came on? No, in finishing, yes, you can say that. Because, but I'm not sure in that moment that there could have been another player in a position as well. But be, I, I don't want to take anything away from Diogo. <laughs> he was in a really good moment. And um, we, we had to make decisions. Look, um, um, Diogo played a little bit too much for Portugal in my, for my taste. Um, not... Well, Chris and Portugal, just he was long injured. We, we played him immediately because um, Bobby was injured and he played too much for us already. Um, and I went to Portugal and um, the last two games were really intense. So he felt a little bit same. Genie played all three games for Holland. Robo, it looks like, plays all the time for Scotland every second. So we had to make these kind of decisions. Some didn't start, some didn't finish the game. But... Um, in general, we had tonight the choice. That's uh, very important. The boys were um, all the boys in the moment. Hopefully, it stays like this. Um, are now um, long and I had enough long enough time after the injury they had maybe to are in a good moment and um, and in a good shape as well. So we have we have opportunities. I could have lined up tonight. Five, five, six other players who are all in a good shape. Curtis Jones played for the U21, outstanding. Shark played super. Nabi trained outstanding for us. So Oxley is in a really good moment. <laughs> so it's um, um, it, that's the situation we have now. Now we have to use that for the tough periods coming up. And um, that's it. Thanks, Nick. We'll go to right, thanks, Chris. Conlin, uh, then we'll go to Joe Prince Wright, Rob Draper, and James Pierce. That should include the press of the uh, Jim next. Um, hi, Jorgen. I suppose as a striker, it must be a dream when you see uh, Trent Alexander out wide with the ball. You just have to get into the box and nine times out of ten, he's going to land the ball on your head. And for Jota, 
what a what a cross right between the two defenders. Yeah, outstanding. But, but it was just um, look when you are when you play the game, uh, a game like Trent played tonight. When you are fully in the game, completely like without thinking a lot, just um, um, focusing on a, on a, on the important stuff in the game. Then you can do these kind of things. In a, in a in a worse game, you have you don't even Trent doesn't cross like that. Um, but tonight he had an exceptional, exceptionally well, a good game. And so um, yes, the cross was really well. Uh, um, but the header, you have still to finish it off. It's not as easy as it looks. Um, and so Joe did that, and that was very important. Cheers. Thank you. Yes, Joe, and then Rob Draper. But Joe first. Joe comes right. Hi, Jurgen. Um, you said about you wanted your team to go for it in the top four push in the end of the season. What kind of statement does this performance and the win set the way that you dominated this game for the runner? Yeah, for us it was a very important statement for us because um, we need to show that we really fight for it. We cannot only talk about it; we have to show it on the on the pitch. And we did that, especially with the way we defended tonight. So, if we defend like this tonight, then we are difficult to break down. If we are difficult to break down, we have a good basis to play good football, and that's what we had tonight. And that's why it was so important. Um, in our situation, it's clear um, all the things that happened to us in the past. Um, in, in this season, uh, brought us in a position where we have we don't have it in our own hands, obviously, and we have to um, we have to win our games, but somebody else has to lose, otherwise, because we don't play most of them anymore. So, um, but we have to make pressure on them, and that's what we did tonight with the result. But we are still not in, and the season not finished. So, and Everton can pass us, I think West Ham can pass us, and all these kind of things. So. Um, the others are all in front of us, so we have to fight, and we will fight, and that's the statement for us, for nobody else. Yeah, Jürgen, just just on Trent again. Obviously, dropped by England, and you commented on that on Friday. But but it just seemed he was so excellent today. Do you think the rest will have done him some good? Oh yes, one hundred percent. But he didn't have a lot of rest, to be honest, because he trained quite intensely with the boys. But um, yeah. Sure, the things we did in training helped him. It's like when you play three games in 10 days, there's not a lot of time for training. Then you have um, you recover and all these kind of things. Um, and we had obviously time to train and work on things, and that helps. Um, but again, I, I can understand that it's a, that it's a story. And uh, I said the things I, I think I had to say because it's my opinion, but I don't want to um, get it misunderstood. I'm not criticizing Gareth Southgate or whatever. It's just, um, and I don't want to have an argument that people think I have an argument with Gareth. I don't have it, not at all. I respect his role and his decisions, but um, I know the player for sure better than anybody else, uh, any other coach, and I can say he is a world-class player and uh, not only defense and uh, not only offensively. So that's good. Does he perform always world class? No, I don't know a player who is doing that. So, but it's his potential. That's it. Thank you, Rob and James. Thanks. Hi, Jurgen. Uh, that that's three clean sheets in a row now. You you've had so much chopping and changing at the back over the course of this season. How delighted are you that you now have a centre back pairing that seem to be establishing a real understanding between them? And also, how much difference do you think it's made having Fabino back in his rightful position? Yeah, it's all really good. That all helps all, but we have a lot of games and um, I 
we will see if they can play all the games or not, or if they have to make changes. So it's just, and, and so there's three clean sheets in a row, great. The whole team defended on a different level than before. I have to say, it's not only the two in the center. Um, it's really, it was a really good defending performance. And that was necessary. That's what you need. And um, that's what we did. And let's hope that they all stay fit and we can have uh, the best part of the season now in the final part of The post-game podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Hello, Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast. And that is more like it. Maybe a break has done us good because... This was pure dominance from Liverpool today. You know, bit of concern that we weren't putting the chances away early on, but then the second half gave us the goals that the performance deserved, really. And I think 3-0 was fair in the end. You know, Arsenal defended very deep. They couldn't really do a lot going forwards. They couldn't press our centre-backs, really, at all. Alisson Becker and his magnificent moustache dealt easily with the few shots that did come his way. Um... Yeah, this was just pure dominance from Liverpool. And it was lovely to see, you know, it feels like we're getting some rhythm and momentum back. And it was a big win in the context of this league running and in the context of the results today, obviously, with Chelsea and Leicester both losing. But even separate from that, you know, this side just have to win every game now till the end of the season to give ourselves the best chance. And if you look at the last few games, this is a team which looks far more like the Liverpool we're used to from recent seasons that we know and love, which is important with that big first leg versus Real Madrid coming in a few days. And there is a big reason why we look so much better in recent games. And those of us who've been paying attention know exactly what it is. You know, Liverpool fans all know how significant it's been to get Fabinho back in that defensive midfield position. And we saw it again today. Um, It kind of stuns me, really, that we've had weeks and months of pundits questioning why Liverpool's form has dropped off so much and whether this team were even as good as people thought. And then as soon as Fabinho is back in the midfield, they're giving him man of the match every week and they're gushing about how he's transformed Liverpool. And it turns out that Liverpool do look quite good again when we have defenders in defence and midfielders in midfield. You know, Fabinho was fantastic. Kabak and Phillips behind him were kind of calmly quietly brilliant again Phillips perhaps slightly less quiet given that that accidental elbow and Lacazette but other than that I mean um, both quietly really good um, Trent hopefully reminding a lot of people Gareth Southgate included how moronic it is to be questioning this guy's form you know it was happening before the game as well and I'm getting really tired of pundits and commentators talking about how poor Trent Alexander-Arnold has been defensively this season when the stats really don't back that up in any way but I guess we need to have a lazy narrative don't we but his assist obviously for Jota's goal was incredible and I think shut a lot of people up after the last couple of weeks and yeah higher up the pitch as well we just look so much sharper the pressing from the front three in these recent games has been noticeably back I feel like Klopp eased off on it at times this season to try and conserve conserve players' energy, perhaps. But we just don't look like the same team when we're not doing it. And today, for me, no Salamani were doing that pressing so frequently. I was actually slightly surprised to see Bobby start over Jota today. I have to admit, I know. Bobby obviously has a hell of a record against Arsenal and Jota had a busy time for Portugal 
over the international break, but I did think Jota would start here, but he did get subbed on anyway. I predicted he'd score the first goal and it still happened despite him not starting. So I was happy about that. Um, And we briefly saw all of the fantastic four, so to speak, on the pitch at the same time, which is interesting as well. I do wonder if Klopp would like to do that more. So we'll keep an eye on that, especially ahead of Tuesday's game. Um, But yeah, Jota looks bang in form. Trent's bang in form. Salah with another goal while staying on his feet in the penalty area as well, just to shut down that nonsense narrative from rival fans as well. And overtaking Thierry Henry in the most goals in 150 Premier League games stakes in the process, which was delicious. Um, And yeah, there's a lot of players looking bang in form at the moment. And Salah particularly, obviously, with um, Ramos out of the game on Tuesday, it's, it's all falling into place at the perfect time. So hopefully Liverpool can keep the momentum going into that one. Football is fun again. Cheers. Up the Reds. 3-0 3-0 win for Liverpool this evening away at Arsenal. Totally dominating performance. I'm right back in the mix for this top four and the Champions League positions. First half, like I say, totally dominated the game. Totally dominated the ball. Possession-wise, we were excellent. I wouldn't say we created a lot of chances in that first half, but we totally dominated the ball. Arsenal, absolutely woeful, absolutely inept. Didn't really pressure us enough. Just let our centre-backs have it. You'd be thinking they'd be pressuring the young lads at the back, the two centre-backs who were you know, new in the side. They didn't do it. We just passed it round. Fabinho totally dominated the midfield, ran the show, basically. Thiago... Shown glimpses of what he can do, his class on the ball. And yeah, first half we we dominated, but yeah, we didn't create a lot of chances. I think Milner should have scored, or at least at the targets around the half hour mark when it's come back from on the edge of the box. And there was a few half chances, but you're starting to worry thinking we've dominated the game so much. And we're going in nil-nil at half time, and you have that little niggle because we've seen it before that you're going to maybe regret that, but there was certainly no need to worry in this game. Second half continued virtually the same as the first did, and maybe the difference was when Jossus came on, just for that cutting edge, Jossa came on, about the 60-minute mark, he took Robbo off, probably you know resting his legs, for, because all the international uh, duties that have gone on over the last couple of weeks, and it was only a few minutes later, Jossus uh, slotted the first. Wonderful, wonderful cross from Trent Alexander-Arnold on an absolute sixpence. He's nodded it in at the far post, didn't have to do much. He was just in the right place, but it's all down to the ball from Trent. You could see what it meant to him. He's had his criticism um, over the last few weeks, you know, embarrassingly from the England manager who's had a little bit of a dig at him saying he's not been good enough and stuff like that. Trent Alexander-Arnold is is one of, if not the best, English right-back that we have got. If he's not in that England team or in that England squad, then there must be some wonderful players in front of him. Believe me, there isn't. Trent has been wonderful for the last few years. Yeah, he struggled a little bit at times this season, but he's still a world-class player. 
So embarrassing from Southgate what he's come out with in the last couple of weeks. And you could see that Trent was maybe trying to prove a point there today. And I think he well and truly done that. I thought he, Trent was excellent the whole game. Some great balls put in from him. Could have um, set up a few goals, particularly in that second half. Mane, I think, missed a great header, which would have been another assist for him. But yeah, so pleased with Trent. And yeah, well done, Trent. And it was only a few minutes later, I think it was about five minutes later, Salah's got the second, totally killed the game. A little bit of a build-up, and then Fabinho was played with just the ball into Salah's running onto it. The defender slid in, and classic Salah's just got that little bit of composure. Waited for the keeper to go down, just like Meg the keeper basically, and slotted it. 2-0, game over. And it's nothing more than the Reds deserved. And Salah probably should have should have got his second a few minutes later. He, a ball over the top again, he's ran through and smashed it, and the keeper made the great save. We did wrap it up, obviously, with 3-0 Jota. With about 10, I think it was about 81 minutes, 10 minutes to go, something like that. Um, Arsenal messing around with it at the back. Liverpool have won the ball high up. Ball's gone across, and it's just the energy, the the desire of Jota to get on the end of it, smash the ball in three nil, game set and match. Liverpool total total deserve winners today, and it was lo- lovely to see because, yeah, we have struggled. We know the struggles Liverpool have had over the last few months, and it's been well documented. And it was just good to see. You could see what it meant to the lads. They enjoyed it. Everyone was. Uh, Involved and uh, Jota coming off that bench uh, with half an hour to go, he's made a big difference. Definitely got to be starting now uh, midweek against Real Madrid. He's just got, he's just got that little bit of X factor, that little desire. He's he, he really wants to get on the end of things. He seems to be in the right place at the right time. His energy is great. His torch, he's he's always looking to score and. Yeah, Josh Josh was excellent when he came on and he's made made a huge difference. So lovely, lovely to have him back back in the goals and it's a huge push now for the end of the season. The top four race is a hundred percent on. Chelsea getting absolutely smashed today by West Brom. You love to see that. So it's a hundred percent game on. So many positives from the game today. Like I say, Fabino, I think run the show from start to finish. Wonderful performance. Great to see him back in midfield. And as good as he did at centre-back, he's one of the best in the league in his position in the centre midfield. So that's all we can keep him fit in that middle. And he, he's made a big difference. And I think having him there has made Thiago look a, a much better player. And you've seen the quality that he brings to the team. So that I think he was good as well today. Obviously, I've mentioned Jota. Also... Yeah, it was an easy game for them, but again, the two young centre-backs haven't haven't been tested at all, but they've got another clean sheet. And it's all all good confidence. Nat Phillips didn't put a foot wrong. Kabak, excellent. Growing with confidence every game. I was a bit dubious after seeing his first three or four games, but you can see the confidence growing in in the pair of them, to be honest. So, wonderful to see. Mikel Arteta, absolute myth as a manager to me. He's only in the job because he was mates with Pep, in my opinion. And Yeah, I think he, he's woeful. You love to see Arsenal struggling and long may it continue. All in all, wonderful return after it seemed like forever. We didn't play a game for about three weeks. Good to have footy back. Good to have the Reds back on winning ways. 
Real Madrid Tuesday night huge huge game get a result there go into the weekend's uh, Premier League games get the results again and then it's the second leg straight away so look forward to it all the lads are going to be full of confidence after that performance love to see it come on Liverpool Ross following on from Alex Watt from Did It Cross The Line podcast. Plenty of optimism building up ahead of the Champions League quarter-final first leg with Real Madrid. Themselves with a win in La Liga over Ibar ahead of Tuesday night's clash. Well, time for more reaction. Let's hear what Hannah Pinnock made of the win over Arsenal. A good couple of weeks without football with the FA Cup games and the international break and that's the performance that we come back to. Um, I mean... Tonight's result became even more significant with the results earlier in the day. I mean, Chelsea losing at Stamford Bridge, Leicester dropping points and losing against Man City. You know, suddenly a, a result against Arsenal puts us back within contention and, and we did the job. It's really, really positive because for a while it felt like top four was slipping away and, and there was going to be no chance of making it, but... It's wide open again and, you know, there's absolutely no guarantees. We're going to have to continue picking up results. And, you know, we had a good run of form where we beat West Ham and, and Tottenham away from home. And then it was back to Anfield and, and the results fell away from us. So, you know, we've got to keep it going. I mean, we're coming into a really crucial period of the season now. And um, But if, if you're going to kick it off in any way, that's the way to do it. The first half was a little bit little bit concerning because we were dominating possession we were creating half chances there are you know the probably the best chance of the half fell to James Milner we could have probably should have done a little bit better with it but you know that's not his natural game um but second half I mean I was worried because I thought you know Arsenal aren't going to carry on playing the same way they'll you know Arteta will fix it but lo and behold you know, same game and, and Jota comes on and the goals start going in. So such a difference maker he is, absolutely. That's just it, it makes you think what we could have done if it have not picked up that injury um in a bit of a pointless pointless Champions League group game, um, considering we'd already qualified. So it's frustrating in that sense, but it's brilliant to have him back and it's brilliant to have him scoring goals again. And just, just a moment of appreciation for the Trent assist for that one. I hope Gareth Southgate was watching. Not that we're complaining because, you know, kind of would prefer the players not to go on international duty when we're experiencing the injury crisis that we are. But, you know, it was a bit of a shocking omission, I think, to leave Trent out of the squad. So, you know, Trent coming back with a performance like that hope it rubs it in Southgate's face a bit but yeah oh, Salah's goal as well was brilliant and, and Jota getting a second um, just that second half performance as a whole we, we just need more of that obviously taking Kabak off and then bringing Reese Williams on the fact that we're in a position where we could comfortably do that um, was really good to see um, and Fabinho as well, just, I mean, he was given man of the match by Gary Neville and Sky, and, and rightfully so, he was 100% one of, if not the best players on the pitch, and goes to show just how important it, it is to have him playing, his, playing in his natural position, and made Thiago look a lot better, and he's just absolutely sensational, and he provides a lot of support and 
everything for the defence. So it's no surprise that that we look better. And I I thought defensively as well, we had a pretty good game. Um, I think there was probably one moment I can think of where Nat Phillips may mistimed a header, but we were pretty much 3-0 up at that point. So, um, you know, you can't criticise them. They just get to everything. And in terms of what we need right now, they're doing more than a good enough job. So long may it continue. Just all round, I think it was a brilliant performance. I thought everyone had a good game. You know, I thought Milner had quietly had a good game despite the one glaringly missed chance. I thought he was solid and a left back as well. I didn't, I didn't really notice that that Robertson had been taken off. Um, so all in all, I, I was just really, really positive. <laughs> um, I was a little bit worried Liverpool were going to ruin the weekend, <laughs> but lo and behold, they've actually made it. So. Um, brilliant to see and, and a good way to, to kick off the football again after the international break and on to Real Madrid. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Loads more still to come here on the Post Game Podcast. We'll hear from Steve Dawson and Mike Holt shortly, but let's head into the Blood Red Podcast Facebook group for some of your thoughts now. Alan Downey writes, yes, 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 Real Madrid, here we come. You'll never walk alone. Andrea Johnson writes, great start to a big week. Excellent performance. A massive three points sets us up nicely. Yes, Reds. Jonathan Ho writes, feels like another step back to the levels we've been enjoying the last few years. Much better balance in our side, absolute dominance all over the pitch. A little bit of overplaying in the final third, which Jota helped to slap the team out of. Kabak and Phillips outstanding again, look composed on the ball, making good decisions and dealing with every bit of pressure they tried to put on us. So happy to see Fabinho back in midfield. He's completely changed the dynamic of our side. Let's get a result in Madrid and build on this momentum. Top four is absolutely on. Sarah Downey Ruiz Velasco says, what a wonderful second half. Perfect tactics by Klopp. Diogo Jota strikes again. Bring on Madrid. You'll never walk alone. And on the league and how it is shaping up, Paul Tacey says, Chelsea have opened the door. We need to walk through it. We need a win at home to Villa next Saturday to put the Anfield hoodoo to bed. We owe them for the 7-2, so no extra motivation required. Get on a run and anything is possible. Seven points behind Leicester now, who capitulated in the run-in last season and now have an FA Cup semi to focus on. Maker's dream, Red Men. Well, for more in the Blood Red podcast Facebook group, follow the link in the description of the podcast or just head to Facebook yourself and search for Blood Red. Red. Well, let's hear from some of our regular contributors now. Teased it before. Steve Dawson to come, following on from Mike Holt. Arsenal nil, Liverpool three, and a very important three points in a weekend where we took advantage of some of our challenges slip-ups for top four in Leicester and Chelsea. We knew that if the Reds maintained our recent run of form that we'd put in, we'd be in touch and distance of top four being two points behind Chelsea. I think people seem frustrated before kickoff by Jota not starting, but I think Klopp's looked at that impact that he'd probably have from the bench in comparison to what Firmino could offer. And in light of an away leg against Los Blancos midweek, that's paid dividends come the final whistle there. You looked at Arsenal's back four before balls even kicked and feel like our attack should be enough to cause them problems. Pepe and Chambers on the right side of Arsenal seemed early on that we thought we could probably get at them. Arteta putting Aubameyang on 
Trent, I found a bit of an odd one by Arteta. As you could tell, Aubameyang was blown in the first 30 minutes with tracking back Trent, which is obviously not one of his strengths. In the last couple of seasons, that sort of telepathic communication the front three have had prior to this season, when you expect them to just roll someone and get a shot away or make a run to make space for another, wasn't quite there in the first half, but you just wanted one of those lads to put the foot through the ball and the box rather than making that additional unnecessary pass, but you felt with the dominance shown, it was only a matter of time before the floodgates would open. Our build-up play was really good, intensity the same in the press, and with Arsenal being so compact, they went in that half-time, the happier of the two teams. Something I noticed quite early on in the match was, I think Trent looked a lot more aggressive in his play. He's winning those 50-50s, looked very focused, and that seems a reaction from not being part of that England setup and having a few weeks of reflection there just to just have a point to prove, I suppose. So the second half comes, and with that injury to Kieran Tierney, I think he's seen Salah fancying his chances there to get at Cedric a lot more, and having a right-back at left-back is something we took advantage of. A moment of class from the world's best right-back, producing a pinpoint cross on the head of Diogo Jota to put the Reds in the driving seat. The second goal from Mo, getting in behind the defence was something that the lads weren't doing in the first half and something they were struggling to, to find a way through. And I felt like that was a punishment, really, for that Arsenal team. And that was due, really, given their unadventurous style of play across the 90 minutes. And the third, a pretty defeatist pass from Gabriel with an intense and punishing finish again by Diogo Jota, who's really hit the ground running after coming back from that lengthy injury. I think Kabak and Phillips once again looking assured and with the world's best holding midfielder and Fabinho sitting in front of them, why wouldn't you? I think this is only going to put these lads in great confidence coming into the midweek clash against Real Madrid. And to be honest, I'd imagine with Jota's impact off the bench there, whether Klopp's got a bit of a conundrum heading into the Real Madrid match, whether to play all of the front four, because for me, there's not a chance you can start that match without an informed Diogo Jota. All of which is a good headache for the manager to have at this point in the season. And given the injuries we've had, it's a nice change. So hopefully this results the catalyst in a really important week for the Reds and heading into that Real Madrid game with number seven in their sights. Steve Dawson on Liverpool's big 3-0 win away at the Emirates. What a performance, a clean sheet. Points on the board and much needed as well. I didn't think we were going to qualify for the Champions League by getting fourth place, but my hopes have been renewed. And what a great setup this is also for the Real Madrid match in the middle of the week. About the... 50th minute, I, I tweeted that this game was crying out for a Diogo Jota substitution. And uh, of course it came. And and what a performance he put in. When you think that, you know, he scored for Portugal on the international break and then he comes back and comes off the bench and scores two for us. And the injection that he, that he put into the game, he jumped on that opportunity for his second goal that Mane, Mane couldn't quite deal with the cross that came in and, and Jota said, I'm, I'm taking over here. I'll just, I'll just ram that one home. And he, he can't not start for Liverpool in the Champions League now. I think um, he, he's a bit of a shoe-in, surely. It, that 4-2-3-1, I should say, formation that we played with for a while looked pretty good, didn't it? I don't think it's ever going to be Jürgen's go-to formation. But it was noticeable that Bobby was the, the deeper of the four 
forwards, if you want to call them that, in in that formation. And I think it it worked pretty well. He he played in a Super Bowl for Mo Salah in around the 73rd minute. Mo should have scored. And maybe Bobby can offer something in that deeper position with Jota in front of him, Mane and Salah either side, than he has been further forward in the last few months because he hasn't been as productive as he should be in that in that position. But we all know, don't we? We all know he's a very, very clever player and can do remarkable things. And yeah, maybe just hanging off a bit will give him a little bit uh, more room and the opportunity to be, the opportunity to be creative in a different way. Didn't start 4-2-3-1, of course. And I think that starting 11 was entirely sensible. Um, we, we dominated the first half. I really think that Jimmy Milner was on the field because Jürgen knew that he would bring Robbo off around the hour mark um, so that there'd be that solidity so that we'd have a very good starting 11 away to Arsenal, but that Robbo would still be fresh for the Real Madrid game because obviously he was involved in, in international duty. We've seen Jürgen do this sort of thing before and, know that he's going to make substitutions at a certain point. Uh, it's it's his way of rotating and, and resting and not overworking players. And and I think, yeah, it, it worked particularly well. Um, just looking at the, the other players, I think, yeah, we're all in agreement with, with Gary Neville for once that Fabinho was probably man of the match there. Um, I think Mo struggled a little bit in the first half. Gabriel seemed to get the better of him, but he, he did make him look silly um, <laughs> for the goal. I think um, Mo's been perhaps our best player this season and I, I'm disappointed with the the noises he's made um, when he's when he's away on international duty about, you know, not, not committing to Liverpool in the future. Um, but, you know, I'm sure Liverpool will, will deal with that in a, in a, in a positive way, either replacing him well or or making a big play to hold on to him. But he, he certainly has been very valuable for us this season in a campaign where Liverpool have obviously struggled. He's been the standout player and his tenacity against Gabriel, having not had the, the better of things in the early going, uh, was instrumental in the victory today. I thought Thiago looked more at home than he has done at times. It was good to see him not commit too many fouls. Sadio still looks a little bit off the pace for me. Nothing is really coming off for him these days. I'm not quite sure what the solution is. He seems hungry enough. Um, but yeah, it doesn't seem to be coming off for him. Uh, and thank goodness we've got Diogo Jota, who is, I mean, on form and in terms of his goal production of equal quality to, to the other three at least so there's no drop off if we if we choose to rest Mane or, or Bobby and yeah wasn't it great to see Trent Alexander-Arnold answer the critics having been left out of the England squad and I'm not entirely in disagreement with Gareth Southgate's decision it's it's about systems and, and how you play Trent's not really a traditional uh, right full back and and so the way England play is going to determine the personnel used in that position as much as anything else. But the quality of the cross, the shape of the cross, the height he got on it, 
Jota didn't need to do anything other than just put his head on the ball. It was wonderful to see, and I'm sure many of you noticed the the celebration that Trent had uh, in isolation, uh, audibly yelling out when that ball crossed the line. And it was a, that was a nice little comeback for him. Wonderful platform for Liverpool to approach the Champions League now uh, with a, a very high level of confidence, I'm sure, after that result. And, and yes, just maybe we can qualify for next season's tournament via the Premier League. At Galasahi on Twitter, G-U-L-A-S-A-H-I. The Post Game Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. A great start then for what could be a defining week in Liverpool's season. One of the big talking points leading into the game, of course, was Trent Alexander-Arnold's omission from the England squad. Well, it was certainly to Liverpool's benefit at the Emirates. He was absolutely first class. And Trent is exactly who Mark Baker wants to speak about. Gareth Southgate, I hope you're listening. You might want to take some notes. First of all, what I would say is that England have got some really good options at right back, all of which offer something slightly different however for me Alexander-Arnold has been by far the best uh, right fullback in world football for a good period of two years and what he's achieved in such a, a young age has been not short of, of unbelievable really for a 22 year old player to have been the best right back in world football over a, a time span that he has when he's still learning his trade still getting used to the, the rigours of professional football and operating at such an elite level. As I say, it's, it's, been, it's been tremendous and, and, and unmatched. I mean, what other player could you say of them, them kind of age brackets that could legitimately claim to be the best in the world in the position, which has obviously been backed up by the success he's had in terms of trophies, but also his individual performances. I mean... There's always a, a sort of narrative that goes round that he can't defend, which is a, a nonsense and lazy comment for people to make. There's no question that it's not the strongest part of his game. And at times what I would say, and I've got no problem in, in putting a bit of criticism his way for this kind of thing, is I feel that a lot of the time he does lack intensity to the way he defends. And that is whether it's the recovery run being that much more accelerated or the actual detail in the intensity of his defender maybe to, to stop a cross or maybe to, to close down an incoming shot. And why wouldn't he have aspects of his game that you know are not polished as yet? And that's certainly one of them. However, everyone knows that them kind of things can be worked on. Positional sense can be worked on, which is another one that has, has often been thrown his way and, and probably has a little bit of legitimacy as well in the fact that sometimes he can get into better cover positions. However, in general, playing for Liverpool, he's playing in a team who try and suffocate the opposition in their half, plays so high on the field of play, plays with probably the highest positioned wide right forward in Wales football, certainly the highest player in Liverpool's team in Salah, which means that he obviously doesn't have that protection that fullbacks from you know a bygone era in the, in the 90s 2000s when it was very much a, a combination of midfield player and, and fullback in that area had and even compared to even in the, in the modern day fullbacks some of the protection they have with the player who operates down their side the player we know 
Salah is Liverpool's biggest goal threat, and therefore you have to afford him some license to get him into the positions that he needs to operate in. And that can sometimes be as a uh, have a knock-on effect to to leaving the right hand side slightly exposed, and obviously Henderson's omission from that position as a an inside right player in the midfield has has obviously gone a long way to exasperating that problem at times for Liverpool. I mean, people have also thrown in, and listen, I'm just stating some of the nonsense that gets spouted from people who are trying to uh, produce these lazy comments in that he can't defend. I mean, people say, oh, well, Virgil van Dijk isn't in Liverpool's side anymore, and you know, we've seen how exposed Alexander-Arnold can be. Well, Virgil van Dijk doesn't even play on Alexander-Arnold's half of the pitch and has little or no effect to Alexander-Arnold in that sense. Joe Gomez plays there, who... It's got fantastic recovery pace and really has, does help Alexander Arnold out in that in that sense. But Joe Gomez is by no means a seasoned professional and had his problems towards the back end of last season himself, albeit is a really fantastic young upcoming centre half, but not Virgil Van Dijk. So all them things can be addressed. And, and like I say, you know, when you're talking about positional sense, when you're talking about tactically sometimes being caught out, well, them things can be can be improved. It's not as if we're talking about um, issues in which he hasn't got the physicality to play the role. His his level of athleticism means that he can be exposed. None of that. He's got plenty of uh, recovery pace and, and plenty of athleticism to his game. I mean, don't forget as well, the majority of problems where you see Alexander-Arnold actually having a problem and coming into the screenshot late is because he's actually having to recover his position so often in the way that Liverpool play, when the ball is turned over quickly and Liverpool's pressure is averted by the opposition, he's having to make that dash back. And, and obviously, sometimes it can look a bit untidy in that sense, but that's the way Liverpool play and operate. This isn't the 90s where full-backs have stationary positions. Positions, sorry. So then you take it on to how good he is in an attacking sense, which is unmatched from that position. There's no question. I mean, you talk about Liverpool and playmakers in the modern game there's no one quite close to Alexander-Arnold from the full-back position. He has so many weapons that can hear you. From, it might be from the delivery from set plays, the cross on the run from the right-hand side whilst on the move, travelling. But also the, the line-breaking passes he can play into midfield, the disguise he can put on the passes, punches passes into players with a low trajectory into the forward players to allow them to combine. There's simply no one else who can play them, them pierce and passes and build the game from that position. And very often he is the biggest playmaker in what's been one of the best teams in world football in the last few years. So it can't be underestimated that it is a skill set that any other player, and although there's good players in that position in English football, just simply can't match. And as I say, some of the the quality that he's produced. And again, I forgot to mention about his crossfield passes, his switches of play with the laces. He's got the full repertoire. And I just don't think in the modern day where people want to take people off the pedestal and, you know, he's a young player who's achieved a lot in the game in such a short period of time, they will cling to anything in terms of being able to, able to criticise. But the fact of the matter is what a career he's had and he will continue to have because he's that good. He's that He's that unique in the position. And we talk about statistics. I mean, there's no doubt his assists have dropped off this year, but assists is such a ridiculous statistical uh, analysis to make when you talk about... It should always be about chances created because 
you know, you could create 10 of the same chances and a striker could take 10 and a chance of, and another striker doesn't. Now, Liverpool's productivity in front of goal from the forward players and Firmino and Manny have dropped off to such a significance that it means that Alexander-Arnold's numbers are quite consistent in terms of chances created, but if, if the players who are getting them opportunities aren't taking them, i.e. Milner today, well, obviously it affects that side and makes it look skewed in terms of the numbers. Again, Liverpool from set plays have lost the aerial dominance of Van Dijk, Matip, the players who made Liverpool the best in the Premier Division in attacking Alexander-Arnold's balls into the penalty area and also from wide positions, from stationary free kicks from out wide. So all of these factors come in. It's the reason Lionel Messi, Leo Messi, is the greatest footballer of all time. He could end up getting half the assists this season, but his creation, his key passes, his ability to create from deep mean that it, it, they are unaffected. It, sometimes it's just a case that, you know, the, the players who you are creating the chances for don't take them. But you have to look more into the numbers in terms of key passes, in terms of um, chance creations, big chance creations. The, these are the numbers you should be looking for. Just finally, because I know I've gone on a bit, but in terms of Alexander-Arnold as well, there's a big statistic in terms of how many times he's given the ball away. But again, this is consistent with previous seasons. I mean, when you think about Alexander-Arnold, it's the the range and difficulty of his pass he's looking to execute means that he's always going to be high in terms of risk factors of giving the ball away. You also have to consider he's the highest crosser of a ball, I believe, in the in the division. Now, by the nature of crossing means that it's a percentage ball into the penalty area. You're aiming for an area rather than a, an, an individual teammate. So again, that's going to skew the numbers. But when you're talking about a player who's always looking to play forwards, I mean, one of his... his most common balls is the longer pass into Salah over the top of the, of the, the from the for the to match the run of Salah from the the inside right position. Normally played with Alexander Arnold's instep. You know you're talking about balls being played with difficulty levels in tight spaces if he's feeding them into the forwards' feet in terms of breaking lines or going longer. So so all of these factors can be brought into play. Has he been as fantastic as he has been the previous seasons? Absolutely not. There's been a drop-off. At times you can criticise the defending or or the actual final end product that he's been able to put into um, the final third. But in general, the numbers show that it's pretty consistent with how he's played and that are just small details. You know, the, the details of his defensive work, his 1v1 work, it has to get better, The you know. The, the idea that I've touched on before of his intensity, his position, all can, all can improve. But I think the point I'm trying to make to, to finish it off is, what a fantastic player. And rather than focus on the negatives, which there aren't many, believe me, for such a top-level player, focus on actually what he can do. And then what the coaching staff will be doing on a daily basis, trying to tweak the little bits where, she, where he needs to improve. So I just wanted to make that point about him, really. What a fantastic player. And he'll continue to get better, and I'm sure he'll kick on. Um, within the coming months. Mark Baker leaving us in no doubt about Trent's class and quality as if it was needed. A great win though on the return to action for the Reds down in the capital, helping cut the gap to Chelsea to just two points now in the race for Champions League qualification. Before we go, remember you can leave us a rating and review wherever it is you get your audio on demand. They are always more than appreciated. On to Madrid next then for Jurgen Klopp's Reds with only one question left unanswered is anyone hotter than Jota you've been listening to the post game podcast on the blood red channel